Welcome to Call Us Mommy Podcast, where we get real about mom life, relationships, and careers. I'm Tiana, a single mom of three. And I'm Marielle, a married mom of four. We're both on a mission to empower you not to settle in any area of life. Okay, it's been three years. Yeah, almost three years. Since you left your ex. And if you're new to Call Us Mommy, Tiana is a survivor of domestic violence. And three years ago, that was a situation that she was in. And I'm just wondering, three years later, how much do you feel like you've forgotten from that experience? Surprisingly, I feel like I have forgotten, like, everything. Um, There's a lot of things I don't remember, but I will say I am now in a different type of therapy. So while I was in that situation, the last year and a half, I was doing talk therapy, And then I continued on with talk therapy for a year and a half later. And then it came to a point where I was like, I am now, I can't eat all of a sudden. I can't stay asleep all of a sudden. I can't handle a glass of wine because my body goes into uh, like the high cortisol levels. It just, my body would start panicking. So I was like, something's wrong. Something's well, in there. What, what, tell us actually the moment that you realized, like, I think there's something in my body that needs to come out. Really, it was the, um, I had, had one half a glass of wine. I didn't have my kids that night. And I like, was like, okay, I'm ready to go to bed. I'm going to get the best sleep of my life. I didn't. I woke up every hour on the dot and I was full blown panicking. I never called my mom. I called my mom. I was crying. Like I was, something was wrong. And weren't we gone? You guys were gone. Mm -hmm. Um, And it wasn't like the first time I'd ever been alone without my kids. Like Mm -hmm. normally every Friday I'm alone without my kids and I would get really good sleep. And it was just, that was it. But out of nowhere, all of a sudden my body was like, it's in here. Mm -hmm. We're going to get this out. Um, And so I called my therapist and I was like telling her what's going on. And she was like, okay. Right around the corner was the 4th of July, and I have never been a fan of fireworks, but any loud noise is super triggering for me. Like, my heart starts pounding. I, It's just weird. Even though I know, like, a a fireworks, they're fireworks. Mm -hmm. Like, it's supposed to be fun and exciting. They're not to me. And she was like, yeah, you have PTSD. Well, what was the experience a couple months later that we had together? Yes. So, at this point... She told me, you're suffering from PTSD, and I was like, okay, like, well, we need to probably get that under control. Mm-hmm. And anyway, long story short, Ariel and I went on what was supposed to be a relaxing <laughs> vacation and, like, feel so good, which all in all it was. But we booked 90-minute massages mm-hmm. and so excited about it because, like, massages are, like, supposed to be, like, great, like, relaxing and, like, you're just, you know. It's like the nap you always want to take while your partner massages you or rubs mm-hmm. you to sleep, but, like, yeah. they stay rubbing you, but they never do. So I was, like, perfect. And we booked a couple's massage. So we are in this room together. And as she, this lady is massaging me, well, first, I suffer from really bad TMJ, which, again, if you have PTSD – um, a lot of your trauma could actually be stored in your jaw muscles. Um, didn't know this until later on. And so I told her, I'm like, yeah, like, um, like right here and like in my neck and I get really bad headaches. So she like really, really focused on these areas. And toward the end, my heart started racing and I could hear it like in my ears, like it was pounding. And I was just like, okay, like I'm trying to take deep breaths and like, just like relax as I'm supposed to be like, it's a massage. And then I started getting really nauseous 
And then she was like, you know, they tell you it's time, it's over with. Yeah. Oh, how are you feeling? And I was just like, not great. And so. And it was like, I don't know if we said this. It's a couple's massage. So we're in the same room. Yeah. And so they walk out of the room. And at this time, you just like, get up and get dressed. Well, I look at Ariel and I think she said like, I feel so good. Like I could just take a nap even though I just took one. And literally the only thing Tiana said was, I'm going to throw up. Yeah. I. And I'm not kidding you. I thought I had a stroke or something. Like, my my vision and everything just seemed really off. Like, I felt really lightheaded. I felt really nauseous. And I'm not, like, I don't normally throw up. Like, it's not, like, something I do when I get stressed or anything. Like, that is literally something I've only did pregnant, actually. Mm-hmm. And so I thought I was going to throw up. I went to the bathroom. And I, like, just, like, got down in, like, a huddle. And just, like, had to take some deep breaths to, like, to, like get myself mm-hmm. and then to come back to wherever the hell I went. Like, I was, like, it was awful. So then I went up and, like, took a shower. And, like, that week I got back, I called my therapist. And I'm, like, something is really happening. I told her what happened. And she was, like, yes, that's, like, normal for people who have a lot of trauma, especially if you told them to work those, like, your jaw area, which is where your trauma is probably a lot of it stored because you have really bad TMJ. And it was coming out. So even if you think, like, There's, like, sometimes where I hear now, like, when women will tell me situations that they're in, and I can't even remember what that feels like, Mm -hmm. but your body does. Mm -hmm. And even if you don't think that your body does, like, noises or different scenes on movies or if you hear different sounds, different smells, it will trigger your – it's your subconscious memory, correct? Mm -hmm. Right? Yes. It will trigger that, and your body will react to it without even you realizing you are reacting. Mm-hmm. Do you think- so what are some other ways other than, like, the physical responses that you've obviously experienced that you feel like you maybe even, like, mentally and physically have responded to the trauma that you experienced in your day-to-day? Like, going from that situation mm-hmm. of abuse and then suddenly being in this safe place, mm-hmm. which was safe for the most part. I yeah. mean, safer than you probably had in a while. But how was it? How are you still experiencing, like, the symptoms of that? Well, I have been stuck in, like, fight-or-flight mode since I left. Um, it, or, or potentially your entire life. Probably, yeah, exactly. Probably my entire life just because of my childhood and the different things that happened. Um, yeah, so I've, I've probably always been there. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, like, here recently, I finally got to a place where, I, like, I felt safe. Like, I felt mm-hmm. secure in, like, you know, your finances. You feel secure in, like, the things you have. You feel safe in your home. And that is another reason, like, when you, you, your body finally feels safe, my therapist explained to me, like, that's when your body will actually start to address the mm-hmm. trauma. Um, and so, yeah, I got to tell you guys about that because we started doing <laughs> EDMR therapy, but that's, like, I feel like that could be a whole other podcast, but mm-hmm. it's basically moving all the trauma that's um, stored on one side of your brain to the other side. And it's not hypnosis. You're not asleep. It's she's just using like different, or they're using different hand moments and having you put a number and a feeling to what you're feeling. Um, and I will tell you, things will come up that you thought and you don't even remember. I think that was the most impactful thing for me to hear you say yeah. was that there were memories that you didn't know that you still had. Like they were vague, like kind of there. Yeah, but like you, you know, like, oh yeah, that happened to me a long time ago, but it mm-hmm. didn't affect you. 
and I'm not a crier and I cry through that on and off through that entire first session. Mm-hmm. So it's that's incredible. So if you're not in therapy, even if you're like, I'm not ready for EDMR therapy, because when I first got started, she offered that. And I was like, no, I don't, I, it kind of creeped me out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, but then once it all started coming, I'm like, give me whatever therapy we need to do <laughs> yeah, to get, to get you out. to sleep. Yeah, yeah. And to get me to sleep and get me to eat. Yeah. Okay. So you're obviously like, you're not suffering in the way that you were. You're you're moving through. You're getting you're thriving in a way, but like yeah. you're getting to a point where you're gonna not be in fight or flight all the time. Mm-hmm. How about your kids? Like I feel like that's you know something that yeah. people said to you all the time. Like just stick it out for the kids. You know mm-hmm. I think we all hear that. I remember being told that when I got married. Like no matter what. Like once yeah. you guys start having kids, which we'd already had one before we got married, but like you stay married once you have kids. Yeah. So how are, how are they doing? Well, I left when, like, Mila was, like, two years old, barely two years old. She was still in diapers. And so I really don't think that she really knows the difference. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the life she's always had. She didn't see, like, anything at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and but honestly, she also didn't see you guys together, like, yeah. happy. So it's like, uh, yeah. yeah. I honestly don't think she remembers us together at all. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think that's a memory she has. Maybe when she's older, she might say something. But she goes to her own EDMR then, maybe. Yeah, she might. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Sophia... I feel like she struggles the most, I think, um, out of all my kids because she does, like, really want her, like, parents together even though she doesn't know what that is because, again, she's seen – she didn't see much either. Um, I know she just knew that we – because she was four. So just imagine, like, what a four-year-old thinks. Not a whole mm-hmm. lot, especially if they're not seeing it. She didn't see us happy. She didn't see us a lot, doing a lot of things together. But, like, we were in the same household, and mm-hmm. she does, like, having her daddy around. Mm-hmm. Um, Quincy. Now he was older. He did, he did see the most. And so he was ready. I remember like when I left, it was a couple months later and he was like, mommy, you're like finally happy. Like you smile, you dress different. Like he noticed. Mm -hmm. And now I definitely think as a boy, like he's struggling because there's still not like a, um, a father figure around on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. His dad will come around has been doing pretty well the past couple months, so, like, once a week. But that's still not enough for, like, you know, a boy. Mm-hmm. Boys, you know, they need that, that – I don't know. I don't know how to say it, but, like, they Consistent, need that. Consistent, like, yes. reliable. And he doesn't have that. Mm-hmm. And so I can see, like, sometimes he struggles with that because he'll get frustrated with me. Like, I'm not, like, good at baseball. So mm-hmm. when I go out to pitch balls, like, I'm not pitching them correctly. Yeah. Like, he's frustrated with it. And I don't enjoy that either, so I don't do it as much as I should. Mm-hmm. And so I know that, like, he wishes, like, he had that around. But I will tell you – he also knows that if he was around his dad, mm-hmm. that wouldn't be happening anyway. Yeah. And he knows that. Um, but that, they're doing a lot. I mean, they're doing really well. I mean, of course, they have their, like, their regular kid moments of, mm-hmm. like, their attitudes and, like, the different weight things that are changing as they just get older and, like, become themselves, mm-hmm. like, which is – that's a whole other topic also. But, yeah, I mean, I, they're doing the best they could. I, I know the choice that I made was the best decision for my kids and I. Mm-hmm. So when you say that, like, Sophia's, you know, she's obviously frustrated that you guys aren't together and, like, Quincy has those moments. Um, I mean, and I think you mean, like, more frustrated at the situation. Like, yeah. obviously, like, if she could have it a different way, she would. They've never said to me, like, I want mommy and daddy back together. Yeah. Never. So not one time. What would you say to someone who hears that and it's like, you know, maybe they're looking for an excuse even to just justify staying more? And so they're like, what would you say if that's their biggest reason for staying is I don't want my kids to have to go through a separation? So I came from a broken family. And when I got married, 
it was already really toxic, but I was already pregnant. And so I had in my mind that I was going to stay forever. And even if that meant, okay, let's just get them out of the house Mm -hmm. and then I'll, you know, then I'll move on. But I realized that it is a broken home. Mm -hmm. Like when they're witnessing Whether you're together or not. It's a broken home. Mm -hmm. It's more of a broken home, I feel like, Mm -hmm. when they're witnessing abuse. They're seeing their mama be abused. Especially if you have a boy, I mean, the Mm -hmm. chances of that boy growing up and being an abusive partner as well are really high. Mm -hmm. And just like me, if you, if your daughters are witnessing that, just like me, I witnessed it. And that's what I thought was okay. Mm -hmm. That was almost, that was the norm for me. Yeah. That was the norm. Like toxic was the norm. So if you're creating those norms already, you're already, I mean, it's Mm -hmm. a broken home. Yeah. And so I would just say leave because my kids are so happy and like, just like the life that they get. Of course, they're not getting that two-family home right now, you know, that everyone Mm -hmm. acts like is just, like, the number one choice to make, even if it's broken. It's not. Like, there's so many other options out there. And, I mean, I think if – I would say, like, hands down, in 10 years, if we had an interview with my kids, they would tell Mm -hmm. you that mom made the best decision. Yeah. And that tells you something. If your kids – like, my kids have never told me – ever. I wish, you know, mommy and daddy are back together. Mm-hmm. Now they joke with me saying like, when are you going to get a boyfriend? Yeah, they they do. Like, when are you going to get with my, <laughs> with my dad? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So speaking of people who mm-hmm. uh, could potentially say that, obviously your kids don't, but in like the last three years, yeah. well, it's been three years. So yeah. we, st- we know you still get comments on mm-hmm. your, you know, ex and that marriage and everything. What's the most surprising one that you still get? If he changes, do you think you guys will get back together? I heard that one just a few months ago. But then just the basic, do you think you guys will get back together? Mm-hmm. Which is very toxic. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's fine. Like, I can just laugh it off and be like, no way. Yeah. Like, no. But for someone who struggled to leave and was still mm-hmm. in love with that person, that gives them a sense of false hope. Mm-hmm. Or like you did make the wrong decision. Or you made the wrong decision. There's so many different things with that could go through – a woman's mind after you said that and then also maybe started that could plant a seed where they're like okay maybe we should mm-hmm. get back together there's hope yeah and then as soon as that person comes around it's like oh I'm changed because that's mm-hmm. what they do mm-hmm. they think that like that's their chance or sign from God or sign from the universe that they mm-hmm. should get back together so let's just not say that yeah um let's just not say and that. honestly like coming from someone who struggles with like rage and anger it's not something that you change from like you never stop experiencing those feelings of rage or anger you yeah. just you learn a way to process them. And obviously like that person would have to even come to terms with the fact that they're having an issue. So I think that's, it's different. It's, it's not like, Oh, my husband won't take care of himself. Mm -hmm. And like, it's a very unhealthy mindset. He has like, Mm -hmm. he's very negative. Like that maybe he'll change, you know, maybe he'll get better, but like, this is like a life or death change. So we shouldn't, it's problematic to be like, Mm -hmm. if he changes, will you get back together? Or do you think you'll get back together? Especially coming from someone who knows what your situation was. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, the last thing I just got to say on that is really, let's not say that because it really, I mean, that can give someone like such false hope or if, you know, like as women, we pray for signs and we we pray for different things Mm -hmm. and we don't ever want someone to take that as a you know, as a sign Mm -hmm. that they think that that's the hope because that could put them back in a situation that's very dangerous. Yeah. So what would you say if someone's like, oh, shoot, like I've said said that. that. (laughs) What's like something else that they could say instead to someone? I always just go back to the, if anyone tells you any type of like, if they've been through anything, I mean, any type of abuse, no matter if it's a partner or a parent or, you know, 
a colleague, whatever it is. I always just say like, I'm proud of you for, you know, for moving on from that situation, for telling me like, just like, let them know you're proud mm -hmm. of them. We don't need to say anything, you know, else after that, because that's what sometimes we like, we feel like we need to like, oh yeah, like I have a friend who's been through that. And sometimes those stories are great, but if it's like a conversation and like they're just needing to vent or needing to tell you what they're going through, mm -hmm. or you even see someone posted something online about it, just let them know you're proud of them. That's mm -hmm. it. Well, I'm very proud of you, Tiana. Uh, okay. You're the strongest woman <laughs> that I know. Thanks for hanging out with us on the Call Us Mommy podcast. If you want to spend more time with us, make sure to hit follow. And if you like the episode, share with a friend and leave a review. 